Is that hey guys, what's up? Want? It's Demet here with Cartel Aristocrats cast number 36. I'm joined this week with my co-casters Jim Casali and Travis Allen. Our guest this week is Jason Alts. You might know him from Brainstorm Brewery. You might may know him from MTG Price. You might know him from comedy, but you can find all these people on Twitter and they all write articles everywhere. You for those don't know him from are, that last one. <laughs> for those of you who are wondering what's going on today, uh, we took a little bit of advice from Reddit about how to start our podcast, which may or may not be the best thing ever. And my voice is pretty much gone from watching the Blues beat the Hawks at the Winter Classic for people who like hockey. Uh, we just had a bunch of Ether Revolt spoilers this week, and I'm not quite sure where Standard is. Do you, are there any spoilers that you guys want to talk about first, or do you want to talk about like the power level of this set that they've spoiled so far? Good cards are good, bad cards are bad, but I think that Fatal Push is probably going to be the thing that kills anyone's interest in Frontier. I would think that Frontier is going to be the thing that kills anyone's interest in Frontier. <laughs> it's true. Like, I don't know if you've ever played against someone playing Dig Through Time and Torrential Gear Hulk, but that doesn't sound like fun. doesn't sound like fun at all. No, it does not. It, why... I mean, Frontier will probably be eventually be necessary, but we're talking three, four years in the future, so why play a bad format now? Yeah, at least... Uh, why would Fatal Push ruin Standard, though? It seems like it's just a, an effective answer to uh, Copter. No, that's, I, I said it would ruin Frontier because it'll make Standard more interesting. Oh. Yes, because Standard actually think it's going to get a lot better because you have this one-mana card that kills uh, almost everything except for, like, Ishkana and Emrakul, but nothing kills Emrakul, so that's not really something to worry about. So with Fatal Push, we finally get another cheap answer black removal spell. Sort of like Murderer's Cup, but you had to set that one up. I would think of this more like Doomblade or Go for the Throat because it, it just kills it. It's not like ultimate price as much. Um, now, do you guys think that we're going to see fetches on the other side of this? Do you think that that's really going to push this revolt mechanic? Or do you think that they're going to make you stack a bunch of like clues and stuff? And oh, wow, you now get the revolt trigger. Uh, and it's not even goes to the graveyard. It just leaves play. And, oh, it is? Yeah, so people are thinking about setting up Revolt with the Greenbelt Rampager. Clearly, the setup card is a uh, paradoxical outcome. I mean, <laughs> I, uh, I, did, I did brew a deck that used paradoxical outcome today. <laughs> we got, got there. There's your spec. Is it the, uh, <laughs> the Aetherflux Reservoir deck? No, it's not for standard. It was for EDH. Oh, I was playing uh, Thrasos and Kaidel on the same deck, and it's it's very good in that if you're uh, building around Paradox Engine. I don't even know what either of those cards are. Thrasos and Kaidel. Is that the new commander dudes? Yep. Yeah, Kaidel's the one where you uh, tap for a colorless for each card you've drawn, and Thrasos is the one where you pay four and you can basically scry and put lands into play. Oh, okay. I knew you were talking about EDH cards, but I also didn't know which ones those were. It's the blue-green one that they should ban because they keep printing overpowered blue-green cards in Commander. You actually apparently can't. Well, it's basically cards, it's, so. it's it's three Simic cards or two Simic cards and an artifact that is almost as good as Prophet Crufix when all combined. <laughs> I mean, you look at the cards that they're banning. They ban uh, Primeval Titan. They banned um, or which Primordial Sylvan Primordial. Yeah. They banned Prophet Crufix. I mean. They just blue green's just way too powerful at the moment. Still, I would argue. Now you obviously play more commander than me, but it seems like if you want to win, blue green's the way to go. I mean, that's blue's like the most controlly card drawy uh, color combination, you know, color, and green is the most rampy and fatty. So it, it just makes sense. Like you could throw some black into the mix because black's got really good tools. It's got the best tutoring. It's got the second best card draw, and it's got the best removal. But yeah, blue green's usually the way to go, and it was just miserable with Prophet of Crufix when you were just taking every single turn. You know, I am always reminded of what Aaron Forsyth said, where he said Magic is usually a game of resource management, but EDH turns it into resource acquisition, and the player who acquires most resources wins uh, because nobody has nobody has the tools to kill you before you get there. So blue green just has all the resources; nobody can build up as fast as they can. 
Perforos is a pretty efficient clock, though. I've played against some oh, nasty God. builds of that, and it is not fun. Yeah, Perforos is savage. I don't think I have lost a game where I cast it or won a game where I did it, where somebody else did. It is brutal. And it's, uh, I don't know, it may actually be too cheap. They've kind of signaled that they're willing to reprint the the gods and the, the sealed product, but I, man, I think we got at least another year watching Perforos grow. How do you feel yeah. about the cheaper ones like Afara and um, what's the green green white one again? That is Afara. Uh, Kirametra. Kirametra is the green white one. That's actually it's actually a better enabler than people think. You end up getting a lot of land out of your deck, getting a lot of landfall triggers. Kirametra is pretty underrated. I think Heliod is pretty underrated too, but that one's starting to tick up finally. Heliod's it's seven a- mid at this point, something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I wrote like a three or four part series for MTG price that should be unlocked like a couple years ago talking about what I thought everything was going to do, like right at rotation, like what I wanted to pick up. Uh, I really liked Cruffix back then. I liked Perforos, Heliod, and um, man, what is the other one I, would, I, I liked? I, uh, I didn't really like Karanos that much because I thought it was uh, basically at its peak because of Modern. And if modern play subsided, it would probably go down before you wanted to pick it up. But that really isn't materialized. So Karados is just sort of like an expensive one that I don't know. But uh, Crawfix is—it's unfair. Uh, Perforos is unfair. I like the unfair ones. Yeah, Perforos. I really like Perforos because a, it's an extremely powerful card that's generally difficult to answer, and b, it's not powerful in a stupid way. It's not powerful like just make infinite mana, which is dumb. It's powerful in a way that you don't see as much in EDH, which makes it more interesting. Yeah, it's sort of like it rewards you in a weird way for stuff you were going to do ordinarily. Yeah, but it, it's not just like, okay, well, now that he has his god in play, seven turns from now, he's going to have way more than everything uh, than everyone else. Jeremy, did you say Heliod was seven bucks? Yeah, and keep in mind, like, we sell everything at TCG mid. Like, Erebos is also over seven now at this point, I believe. Um, Erebos is a really good commander in its own right, and that anything that's a good commander in, in addition to being good in the deck. Uh, so Erebos and, and and Perforos are getting doing double duty in that way. If you're yeah. getting if you're getting seven bucks for for Heliod and you're pricing on TCG mid, then you're raking your customers over the coals because he's three fifty mid. Are you serious? Yeah. Where? The TCG player mid Heliod, God of the Sun, three fifty eight mid. That sounds about right. I thought seven was pretty good. Uh, oh god, not this again! <laughs> the best part is doing this on the cast because yeah, the customers listen. <laughs> you should just not talk about how much your cards cost on the cast. Today yeah. I learned that I am charging twice as much as normal for. We did this last week too, man. I this is what you sell. You using the foil price? What's wrong with you? Maybe. I, yeah. would, I actually I almost believed Heliod hit seven. Kind of well, without I mean, me noticing because uh, it makes enchantment creatures, which is really good with Sarah Sanctum. So every when a year ago when the Dexos deck came out, Dexos, uh, you know, gives you the the, uh, the enchantment creatures that have power and toughness equal to the number of experience counters you have. So you have two ways to make enchantment creatures and just get a ton of mana out of uh, Sarah Sanctum, which also went up last year. And for what it's worth, Travis, I've been paying $4 on Heliod because we can't keep them in stock at 7 <laughs> Hey, man, whatever. Local supply and demand, right? Jason, remember when you said all those clerics were going to go up in price and I bought like 100 of them? Remember you only read one of my articles? <laughs> no, that's not true. <laughs> I have read almost all of them, in fact. Those clerics should have. I, I correctly predicted that Eile would be a very popular commander, but nobody cared about building a commander or uh, cleric tribal. Which kind of threw me because I thought any excuse to build a stupid tribal deck, people would do. Yeah, you know, I really got burned by you guys because uh, Chez Andres was like, "Yeah, both a Forge Master, this is it." And I was like, "All right, I picked up forty, and then that went nowhere either." You know, a bunch of roots. That's starting to trend up. Yeah, both a Forge Master, super reprintable though. Yeah, that I mean, that, the, that card makes me super nervous. I I really want to go hard on that card, and I'm just it makes me so nervous. I went hard on Thassa and Arois. Thassa hasn't moved at all, and Arois got reprinted. Arois got reprinted. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Pretty much. A and plus. then Bouchard bought all my crew fixes for a dollar at Gen Con like two years ago when they were like down to three. And yeah, he did pretty well on that. 
sort of kicking myself looking back because like there's so much you learn like for our listeners and like people who read the other three guys articles uh like there's like it probably takes two years to get a general grasp of finance knowledge like for like knowing most prices like most outs like the floor and all that and there's still stuff you can miss or like mess up and for me it was selling gods too early for you it's selling heliotage <laughs> what you're supposed to be well if he can't keep it in stock at seven it sounds yeah. like he's uh I mean, should be kicking $4. himself for not selling him at 10. yeah i should just be buying all the ones under four dollars off tcg like chainville oh wait those all sold too or you'd be like go to the store and be like good news guys turns out i was charging you twice of tcg mid for heliod bad news you guys keep buying them at that price so i'm going even higher <laughs> yeah like we uh we were we have uh soul rings and reliquary towers at three dollars on our case and i left a hundred soul rings on the case while i was in mexico and i left 20 reliquary towers it was five different like containers of soul rings and we sold out while we were gone and like they can buy the commander ones for a dollar online but i mean commander is so like when you're getting like 30 or 40 people for commander at our place like you just people come in and they're like i'd like four soul rings for my casual deck and yeah i don't know man you know when i played casual we never used soul ring i had a casual quicksilver amulet deck that would drop emrakul in and yeah. i didn't know that i could not play soul ring in legacy when i first went to an scg open <laughs> so that was interesting and i'm getting dq'd at louisville this weekend for playing a vintage deck in the legacy tournament so that'll be fun just want the mat, and then I'm piecing. So uh, why, do you, why do you have to get DQ'd? Why don't you just concede to your first round opponent? Because you gotta, you gotta do that. That's what our group does. We, uh, we like GP New Jersey all got DQ'd for playing vintage in a legacy event. Called a but, judgment ourselves. Fun times. But the judge has to fill out so much extra paperwork for no reason. Yeah, yeah. As long as you call a judge on yourself after you play something that's banned in legacy, it's fine. You can't just like try to scumbag an opponent that just borrowed a friend's deck and doesn't know the format. I mean, you so, could try to, yeah. but you shouldn't. Yep. Anyway, um, so we were sort of talking before the cast started, Jason, about two different ways to approach finance. One is more like what Doug does, where it's uh, buying bulk, and then you pick it, and then you just sit on it, and then eventually some stuff will be worth something. I know Brainstorm Brewery has a long history of calling things at bulk before they've spiked like aestheticism and whatnot. But there's another way to do it, which is where you're an armchair speculator, more like what Travis and you do, where you guys sort of buy cards and sit on them and wait, and you're not as like digging through collections as much all the time. What do you think is the better way to approach 2017? Is it to uh, pick why, up bulk? Why would, or... you, why would you not do both? Like, why would you not... You know, like, it, you should have money to buy collections, you know, and you should have money to, to buy specs. So I, I, I would say it, for I'm, not, I'm not known for either one of those. Basically, at this point, I'm just known for calling a 25-cent card that's going to be $5 because EDH or calling a $7 card that's going to be 12 because EDH just because nobody is – I don't know if no one's paying attention to EDH or if no one's writing about it, but – it just seems like a niche I sort of fell into, and that's, I think that's been a, a bit of a hybrid of both approaches, because you see something like Squandered Resources, when the Gitrog monster gets printed, and you're like, this is obviously going to be $5, you know, it's, it's that old, there are that few copies, any attention this gets, this is going to spike, but then you look at something like the Chain Veil, which costs a little more, and uh, you're like, well, this is obviously going to go up. Over yeah, but that was, that was artificial. Chainville art spike was artificial. Eh, I wouldn't say so. Uh, Attracts is popular, and I think it, they're never going to reprint it, and it's never going to go down in price. So it would have gone up eventually. I think you made it happen early. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, like I know it was artificial because I bought every single copy on MTG Card Market, Hariuya, and like all of all of uh, the Okay, American then how vendors. about something nobody messed with? How about Dictator Erebos, which is a card you just look at and you're like, yep, yeah, this is... A functional reprint of a $12 card. There's no way this is under a dollar next year. Yep. And like you uh, talked to you talked yeah. to some vendors, uh, Colossus of Akros was, and uh, what's that seven mana enchantment from Return to Ravnica? Death something? Where like they get their creatures back with plus one, plus one counters? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, grave, grave Betrayal. Betrayal. 
Yeah, you talk with like vendors about that and like Thomas and some other people were calling that two years ago. So I think like if people listen to your content or like read it or like follow vendors or talk with them in, in person, you'll get a lot of things that like people are still paying 10 cents on, but down the road it's free money. So, yeah, that stuff's pretty easy to identify. So that's almost a third way to do finance. So I, I, I tend to do both because there's definitely bulk Definitely bulk rares that are going to go up, but there's definitely like six, seven dollar stuff that's going to go up. I mean, you look something like ever when I started doing EDH finance, which was pretty recently, you could still get Phyrexian arenas for like fifteen bucks, and now it's like so expensive they can't even put it in a commander sealed product because it's too expensive now. Like it, the that card is more than the MSRP for the set almost. So uh, it's it's been. I don't know. It's just maybe it is all armchair speculation because you're all just identifying stuff no matter what the buy-in price is. And if it's cheap, you just have to buy more copies. But cheap usually means more recent, so it's easier to get more copies anyway. I'd be I'd be a little careful, at least in the next six months, because Modern Masters 2015 or 2017, I should say, I think it's going to have a lot of EDH cards in it. I hope so. Because honestly, you sell more of that stuff when it's cheap. Come on, doubling season. Yeah. That would, like, that would be really... I, but I don't I don't know, because doubling season spiked off of Atraxa, and uh, I don't think they saw that coming. So, that, so I, I bet Modern Masters is already finalized before that started to go up. Yeah, that they, they like I think they put it to printers like, eight to 12 months before or like it's almost sent to the printers by then like it's pretty it's pretty about a year out is pretty much when if there's a financial reason to reprint a cart in a, in a reprint set like that that's like probably the last time they have to look at that and doubling season is actually pretty expensive up and uh, even even just a year ago it was up to like 30 to 35 dollars so it's not quite the 60 that it is now but it's still possible that they decided that that was a card that they needed to reprint. The problem with if you jam it in Commander, that's fine. If you jam it in whatever, but when you jam it in Modern Masters, they had to justify that being in the first uh, Modern Masters by having the whole token archetype built around it. So it's not as it's not a simple matter of just jamming it in there because they're like, well, we already did tokens in Modern Masters. We're going to do something a little different in Modern Masters 2017. I mean, you know, maybe, maybe they might not. You could still have like plus one, plus one counters or whatever. It's, it's, or they could just put it there for no reason because they did reprint Blood Moon and Chalice of the Void in the first Modern Masters, and those just have zero synergy with any cards in that set. Yeah, that's not a bad point. Uh, it's, it's not as easy, but it's not impossible. You're right. Yeah, like they, I think that they realized maybe, maybe I think that the general consensus was Modern Masters 2015 wasn't as good as a draft format, despite the fact that it had more rares that just, were more draft impacts. Like, you didn't open a Blood Moon and then have to draft it and then not play it, or Chalice of the Void or Aether Vial or whatever. Like, you got Ant Queen and it was sweet and you played it, but you were miserable because you opened a 10 cent card in a $10 pack. I mean, winning drafts feels good too. <laughs> Did anyone think that Modern Masters 1 was way better than Modern Masters 2, even like outside of what was reprinted financially? I felt like that set was so much better to draft and it felt it, way better. It hung better as a limited format, for sure. I think yeah. every person that's ever played both would tell you that MM1 was better on almost every metric. And I except think a lot sealed. of them... Except for Sealed. I mean, I don't know if you really want to do Modern Masters Sealed anyway. Either of them were not particularly fun to do. But I definitely felt that Modern Masters 2015 had different things you could do, more different things, but they, like were always they always felt the same every time you did them there was no like overlap I, I don't know there was just not a lot of like things that could go differently Doug you're gonna need to turn your volume up we can sort of hear you we're trying to introduce our our normal co-caster Douglas Johnson but his volume's very yeah, low. yeah we can barely hear him which is kind of funny yeah um yeah I don't think sealed uh plays an impact that much on um unlike the prices of the format like obviously draft 
plays a huge part. Like that's why original Innistrad boxes, the value is only like a hundred something dollars per box, but it was such a fun draft format that everyone wants to play it. So, you know, I've never really liked to seal. Actually, I take that back. Return of Ravnica, the pre-release stuff like that for sealed was fun, but oh god, I played so many RTR drafts at the pre-release just because yeah. I was just lobber crewing everybody to death. It was amazing. Yep. Um. But it's definitely different. Besides, wait, did Jim? Did you play in Modern Masters One and Modern Masters Two? Yeah, I played both. Huh? Is that better? Did you go to Vegas? Yeah, Doug, your uh, your audio is way better. I okay. went to the 2015 Vegas and I played a lot of Modern Masters Two drafts. Like I entered the main event because it was seventy five dollars for six Modern Masters packs. Um, and then I played a Mirren Crusader. Is that the black? Like has protection from green and black and lost for green and black deck. So. I dropped, and then I dropped it the entire That's weekend. Right. I did like 15 Modern Masters two, uh, 2015 oh. drafts, and pretty much the entire time, I just did... Uh, I just drafted five color because nobody was... like Nobody really wanted to do it, and it was just a bunch of casuals in Vegas. And then Modern Masters 1, I just drafted in my LGS once, because the packs were too expensive and too hard to come by. Uh-huh. But... I feel like Modern Masters 1 felt better because you opened cards that were more powerful by themselves. And I think that there was a lot more like cute things that you could do on occasion that made it more fun. I don't it know how to explain it. Modern Masters 2015 felt really bad. <laughs> I mean, there, was, there were cards in both of them at Rare that just were not fun to open. Yeah, it was that but... and the, uh, the aura thing. There was like the aura that only works if you put other auras on it. Yeah, the they break coronet. They yes. break coronet. Yeah, there, is that but, your role on uh, this cast, Travis? Just knowing the name of cards. It is one that I am uh, eminently qualified for. Yeah, so there's like definitely cards in both of them that you like open them. And you're like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this, but there were a lot of those in Modern Masters one that were worth more money, so it didn't feel as bad. Um, I don't know. I, I I didn't draft Modern Masters one enough to know which one was better, but I feel like from the card list, I felt like there was more like weird things you could do. Like there was like weird archetypes that you get at like rare. Like you've drafted Oryok Salvagers, you had this like newfound interest in drafting spell bombs, which you wouldn't have otherwise really wanted in your deck at all. All right. So now that we've got everyone here, uh, you guys want to go through some viewer questions real quick? That uh, we sort of put on the back burner for two months and just never <laughs> answered. I mean, are they time sensitive? Uh, actually, one of them is. But I think you should more if it's too late to answer it, I definitely think we should field it. Okay. Yeah. Yes, uh, definitely. Hey guys, should I buy? No. Um, should I buy chain veils? Yeah. Hey guys, I appreciate the cast. I espe- Oh my god, I especially appreciate T Rav's call. It's T hyphen Rav. Yes, I'll screenshot this and send this to you later, Travis. <laughs> and articles about how you can make an how you can make a profit on paper, but not actually make a profit where it counts in your bank account. Over the past couple of years, finance has changed in many different ways, and it's become harder and harder for me to make money. 2015 was the year of modern. 2016 was the year where Old school and random stuff spiked. Random stuff in quotes here. What will 2017 bring? What should I be looking at? He doesn't mention the end of all humanity. Because, well, he doesn't mention Frontier because I don't think it was a format. This was submitted to us in November. But <laughs> <laughs> wait, how did you just? How did you find these this late? I checked my Gmail for the first time in like ever. Oh yeah, because I made like a Gmail account for this podcast like a year and a half ago. Yeah. Um. So what do you guys think 2017 will be the year of if 2016 was the year of old school and random stuff and 2015 was the year of modern? 2017 will be bartering cans of vegetables for bottles of water that aren't too irradiated. Got bottle caps? (laughs) Uh, Buy bulk rares. 2014 was the year of bulk rares for me. 2015 was the year of bulk rares for me. Uh... Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. Buy animation modules at ten cents and then sell them for two dollars to people who don't know what they're doing in standard. I bet there's six months of us making money off frontier cards that never materialize, and then everyone's like, "Wait, we don't need frontier yet." 
There's six months of making money on Frontier if you already own the cards because you messed up and bought them before, and now you're just getting paid for bad decisions. But or, or I don't you think buy bulk rares. I, I bought don't think tons of Victor right, Times. All right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a piece of paper, and we're going to write bulk rares on it, and we're going to tape it in front of a webcam, and then Doug never has to show up again. It just every now and then we'll just switch to that picture of the bulk rare piece of paper, and that's it. That's his contribution. That's fine. <laughs> hey, that's his contribution to Brainstorm Brewery. <laughs> I don't ask me how many dig through times I got at 10 cents or a quarters. I'm sure I have absolutely no doubt that it has been uh, profitable for you. Do not question that. Um, hey man, he just I, wants I, to get his humble bags when he can. I, 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 it's, this is a, this is a year of frontier sort of tongue in cheek because I don't yeah. think it will at any point this year be a good idea to buy a card based on frontier. I do not think that will come true. Unless you know, there's a bunch of events for it in your area. And you know what the other thing is, like, we're starting to emulate, like, those fucking neckbeard floor grinders that, uh, that like, come up to you and they're like, you'll never believe what trade I made or you'll never believe how much I screwed this kid. Just like when, like, every Magic player has the same story. I did this, he did this, this happened. Wow, isn't that cool? Give me attention. Like, we should probably start shifting away from just the humble brags. You're not wrong. Focusing those aren't on humble brags. Those matters. are just brags. Yeah, there's nothing humble about them. I, I'm a like a non-humble brag is Jim making top 32 at a GP with Burn, and then Jim rage quitting Magic, and then Jim unrage quitting Magic, and then Jim re-rage quitting Magic. I didn't rage at all. I just said I wasn't playing anymore because it was not financially responsible of myself. So then what is the financially responsible thing to do as an, from an investment standpoint slash playing standpoint this year? Do we all just build commander decks and buy bulk rares and we live happily ever after and not have to worry about standard or the Pro Tour? That yep. sounds I mean, amazing. There's, there's, definitely, there's definitely times to make money on standard, but those times are ex almost exclusively during the pre-order period or about like three weeks before the, set, the next set comes out. Those are like the only two times you can buy cards. Like, or when a standard card comes out, it's going to impact a format that's not standard, like Gitrog Monster stuff. So in the pre-order period. No, I mean like a month after Gitrog Monster comes out, you get to buy all the realms uncharted, and then you make a billion dollars. Why couldn't you do that during the pre-order period? Yeah, you could. Because you don't know if that card's going to be like the best commander ever yet. Yeah, you do. You have a month. That's the thing. Everyone thinks that it's like, oh, it hasn't gone up yet. It must not be a thing. No, you have a month. You still have an opportunity to make money off of stuff that's going to spike as a result of Commander 2016. That's what I'm saying. You, so you, can, you can figure out that you can wait until you have actual data that the card's going to be played a lot as a Commander before you buy in. That's what I'm saying. I think part of the thing about Commander players that's a little weird about what they do as opposed to what most other players do is they don't, they don't go out and buy a deck list. They... They go get a pre-con or whatever, and then they like, or they work with what they have at home, and they play a couple of games, and then they're like, "Man, this this card sucks," or "I need this card in my deck," and then they like buy cards over time. But they, they it seems like there's a lag, but really the, the 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 situation is they have to have the cards in their hand. They have to play games with the deck before they decide to buy new ones. Yeah, they'll they'll put a list up on Tapped Out a month before they actually buy the cards for the deck. For sure, it's great. And uh, did you just start making content for EDH Trek? Uh, yeah, um, I'm actually the new content manager for that site. We got a bunch of writers um, that already have the first wave of articles up on articles.edhrec.com. And uh, we I... hired some more people, so that'll be good. It'll be a nice supplement to EDH Trek because that site's a real sort of data dump. It's like, here's what the average person is playing. But uh, sometimes it's like, well, everybody's playing that card because it's in the pre-con. What should be in that slot? So I think uh, having some article content will be even better at advising people. I use that site so uh, and much. Recommending what to build. Oh, I know. For finance, EDH Rec is, is fantastic. That's why uh, – that's honestly how I got hooked up with the gig because uh, Donald started talking to me about 18 months to two years ago because I kept writing about EDH Rec in my articles, and he would get a ping back. He'd be like, ah, thanks for – continuing to mention my site and your finance articles and uh that that turned into a business relationship so that actually worked out really well but yeah uh, if you don't know anything about edh it's fine because you can just see what people are playing and if a card's in like 68 percent of decks then maybe it's something you want to look at 
Yep. Or you could just build an EDH deck and then realize what cards are really good in it and go out and buy them because I built an Atraxa deck and I didn't buy any extra copies of any of the cards for that deck that I knew I needed to purchase and then I immediately regretted it a month later. Yep. <laughs> that's that's something when I... Uh, the uh, the Command Zone podcast, they're like, what's one piece of advice you can give to people who are EDH players that aren't finance people? What's the best finance advice I could, you could give? And I said, just buy double. Just double all your orders. You know, if the if you're buying a card, chances are you're buying it for a reason and other people are going to buy it and it'll probably go up. And yep. uh, you won't have to pay more later if you want it for a different deck. And if the card like doubles, then you sell the the spare copy and then you got your card for free. I wrote I wrote an entire article that was basically just that concept. I was like, every time you buy a playset, buy two or three if it's not extraordinarily expensive, because then you can flip it and cover the costs, so long as it was a good buy in the first place. So where do you guys think that Chromatic Lantern will be by the end of next year? Mm, 12? 20? <laughs> it's like 10 now. Oh, is it 10? I thought it was like 6 or 7. Uh, it was 6 or 7 for like 15 minutes. It is creeping faster and faster. If it's 10 now, then I agree with 20, but I just thought it was still like 6 or 7. You know what? I feel better now because we have those on our shelf for 5. <laughs> so... You know so if what? they buy that and they're, they're getting less screwed. Yeah. So there are like no versions of the C16, no copies of the C16. I wonder why. Like, I don't know, 25, 30 on TCG with a low at nine. The RTR starts at 750 okay. and there's a lot more. But I mean, even still, there's only one page of non-foil copies. Well, it's because most of the people cracking the Commander 2016 deck are just playing that lantern it's not yeah. going on to tcg player and the lantern's in the atraxa deck too oh really no, no it's, it's in the not. idris deck, oh, it's it's the idris deck. Wait, what? hold on it's an entropic uprising it's in the not white one yeah that's idris huh i was convinced it was in the atraxa one well you no. just made that up though atraxa has most of the other cards that are worth a lot of money though yeah the atraxa one's like the only one you can't get for under 30 for like msrp basically yeah, breed lethality. It's called. I like uh, how you're the guy who can't remember card names, but when it comes to the obscure commander precon <laughs> names, you're like, "Oh, that's rising against nature." Or, oh, that's. I may or may not have brought up the web page because I'm a professional. <laughs> <laughs> if Corbin hears about this, you're gonna get so much shit. Yeah, if Corbin podcast. doesn't listen, Corbin to doesn't listen podcast. to podcasts. Corbin doesn't listen to Brainstorm Brew. He's not gonna listen to this cast. He listened to the one that he was on, I think. <laughs> we uh, we like poke fun at his content creation, or I think I did, because like he had a bunch of shit in his background because he didn't realize it was gonna be a video cast. Well, so. we are definitely gonna be sure that there's no way Corbin would ever think that Jason is professional. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. I was just going to say, since we're talking about the Yidris deck, I'm looking at what's at, what's all in it, and I kind of like it. Uh, it's got my favorite Douglas Johnson bulk rare call. I think you just buy Curtain's Call, because that card is stupid. I still need to buy one. I keep forgetting to do that. Yeah, it's so it's basically everyone sees, oh, it's a six-mana terror, but if you look, it's got Undaunted. Oh. So if you're in a four-man uh, pod, it's only three mana to destroy two target creatures. There's no color restriction. It's an instant. It's going to cost you two or three mana to, to play it, and it kills two creatures. I think like, the uh, reason that card got overlooked is because the first Undaunted card spoiled didn't have any additional value over its predecessor. Yeah. Because the first card spoiled was Wrath of God, and it was like seven mana Undaunted Day of Judgment. And then it was like, oh, this is just Day of Judgment if I'm playing at a four-person pod. So I think people assumed that all of the other Undaunted cards were just slightly worse versions of go for the throw or I don't even know what the other undaunted cards are but like I yeah. think people just assumed it they chalked it up like oh this is the black undaunted card it's a worse go for the throw and then they Which didn't is actually crazy because it. it's a better go for the throw right this is like rack and ruin but it hits creatures instead of artifacts and rack and ruin is a good card yeah I have been watching the Yidris EDH rec page since before the product came out because I wanted to see uh, once top cards started appearing, if cards started appearing in the top card section that were not in that commander pre-con, like waiting to see the changes. One, because I built the deck, and two, because uh, I feel like Idris is a good candidate um, long-term. I mean, you can look at Maelstrom Wanderer, 
but uh, people haven't really changed the deck too much. Yeah, I'm kind of annoyed. That's uh, I mean, and that, that's a result of when you're scraping, like just a ton of, you know, uh, casual players just throwing their list up on uh, tapped out before they even buy any cards. Yeah, but didn't EDHREC run a process a couple weeks ago that stripped all of the redundant lists? Yeah, yeah. So that's helped. For sure. And there's stuff that's popping up in Yidris in the in the, the page. You know, that's I mean, not I, in the... I've only been watching the new cards and top cards sections. I haven't scrolled through, like, the creatures every single day or week. So maybe. I sure do like Bear Umbra, for example. For Yidris or as a card? For uh, Both. Bear Umbra is just stupid. You put that on, um, see, uh, Hellkite Charger, I think, is the card. Yes, the oh, Warlord yeah. Poker. Was legal and standard. Arrow is just, it's, it's just great. It protects a creature, and it gives you a, a land untap. It's a feast and famine, essentially. I like it. I'd rather buy into Seize the Day, and uh, what's the Darksteel one? Because those are DC play. Okay. And, uh, oh, Savage yeah, there's Savage Beating, Aggravated Assault. There's a bunch of those. But um, Narset already made a lot of those go up. Yeah. But seize the day at four bucks. I actually don't hate. Aggravated assault at like eleven fifty is pretty good candidate for a reprint. I would think. Mm -hmm. Seize the day is a good example of. Uh, I mean, you guys are going to take this as like a humble brag, but um, oh, when God. Star City has their sales, well, I bought two hundred uh, bulk. And if, um, no, 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 I didn't get seize the day in bulk. But uh, when uh, when SCG has their MP sales or their like end of the year sales, like they're doing now. Uh, you can get some really good deals on older, like dollar, two dollarish cards that are basically cut in half. Because this was right after Seize the Day spiked to three because of Narset, and I got like thirty copies of Seize the Day for like MP copies for a dollar from Star City. They were like all these cards are marked down to a dollar, and most of them were like dollar fifty, like dollar seventy five cards that were marked down to a dollar. But this was three dollars Seize the Day's marked down to a dollar. So like check the SCG end of year sales when you when you get the chance. Yeah, but you're not next leveling your advice. The correct advice is to buy Star City credit and then look at their deals. Okay, you want to talk about that then? Uh, buy Star City credit at 80% from their writers in blocks of 1,000, and then you get all the Conspiracy 2 boxes for 65 that you want. Woo! Yep. So do you just like message their SC the SCG writers on Twitter and like? Yeah, I'm just like like they always post like, hey, I've got a thousand dollars of Star City Games credit, and I'm like, I'll pay eighty percent on as much as you can get me, and then all the grinders that got credit from playing in their side events or uh, what's it called, like the premium event, the yeah. Sunday tournament, they get credit. They're like, oh, I want a hundred and fifty dollar gift card, and I'm just like, yep, yeah, I'll take that too. That's interesting. Uh, I would love to pay sixty five bucks in boxes of Conspiracy too. Consider there's a forty dollar card in it. Yeah, so I'm picking them up at Louisville for free, so I don't even have to pay for shipping because they do free delivery on site. So I'm just literally going to Star City Friday morning, sitting down, and then probably just selling all the Leovolds to Bouchard because they'll probably have the highest buy price on them that weekend. You should rent a uh, eighteen wheeler to bring back all of your boxes. <laughs> oh my god, that was horrible. <laughs> Man, I feel so bad for Ryan. He had to send his guys down to me. Oh, Never not bad. funny. Never not funny. Yeah. Uh, did you guys realize there are two foil Jason and Friends prodigies left on $100? <laughs> are they chill cuts? Uh, no, no, no. Are they pre-release or? Nope. Pack foils. This has gone from like $40 to basically $70, $90, dollars uh, in about two weeks. There's no way this is sustainable, right? Like that can't. I mean, it I, is the best card in Frontier, but Frontier is just a miserable format to play. I would argue those are actually underpriced because there's Russian copies that are selling at like... Oh, wait, no. Then I would argue the Russian R copies Russian are foil or Russian non-foil? And selling for about 200 on the high-end page the last couple days. Woo. There might be an opportunity there. So. Yeah, but you got to find... Like, even if that is very clearly an opportunity, you got to find somebody that'll pay for them, right? Like, I that's... would. Yeah, you can. Most of us can't. I don't have buyers for foil Russian Jaces lined up. Yeah, me neither. You're just not trying but, hard enough. Yeah, just go to Vegas and like sit down. And if you've ever tried to play, if you've ever gone to a Grand Prix and you've tried to play EDH just like at a table, the amount of people that will come up to you and try to trade is insane. Like we had back when I was writing for Price, like 
I had people come up to me and they're like, Hey, do you want to trade? I'm like, I don't have much. And then they open my binder and it's like a bunch of like high end stuff. They're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I don't trade that much, blah, blah, blah. And then they pull up like prices app when that thing was still working. And they're like, Oh, uh, I'm, I'm a shop. So I need 50%. And at the time it was funny to say, Oh, well I write for that app that you're using. So fuck off. But Anyway, the short. What's the it been supposed this, to be? A PG PG thirteen cast. It's rated R on, uh, or it's rated not safe for work on MTG cast. Which was say, how, do you, on. how do you have rated R? Because podcast. any any cast on MTG cast that says the f word more than you just gets kicked off. Yeah, yeah, we get like three per cast when we submit it. You can run four. So episode. you use one. No, yeah, he, he said one earlier. I feel like I would have used three on Brainstorm Brewery by now, just myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm. I've been known to to use some un, un, uncouth language. Anyway, the moral of this story is: if you want trades and you don't want to like grind the floors, just go play EDH with your buddies at a table, and people will walk up to you and bother the hell out of you. So, yep. Yeah, but that, so you have to want trades in that scenario. Yeah, well, you that's have the to thing. want to talk like, to those people that are neckbeardy enough to interrupt a game of EDH while it's going on. Yeah, that always happens to me while I'm at the club. At the club, <laughs> people <laughs> getting up in my business. Okay. I, I don't know what to say to that. Yeah, I've got lost words. Enough. None of you guys actually know what a club is. I get it. <laughs> no, I went there once. Uh, the alcohol was very expensive, and the music was too loud, so I left. <laughs> Uh, uh, what's our next viewer question, Jeremy? Uh, which do you want to go new or old? Old. Uh, there, it's way more hilarious if like we can't help them. <laughs> I should should I okay. buy Jace's at seventeen dollars? I'm looking at it right now, and they're really. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, my coworker! Yes, my coworker is so yes. mad at me. <laughs> Wait, what? Why, Jim? Because he asked me when they were fifteen or eighteen dollars or whatever, he should he buy some? And apparently, I wasn't forceful enough with my yes, so he didn't. <laughs> and now he's really mad at me because I didn't make him buy them. Hey guys, with winter sales coming up, is there anything that you guys are looking at to buy? <laughs> I know a lot of vendors have sales at the end of the year, and as I remember, you all have in the past purchased and talked about things on the cast that you have bought during sales. Are there any websites that I should be looking at in order to gain the most value on my purchases? And are there any arbitrage opportunities that you and SIG have this? He's talking to me here because this is my personal email that you and SIG have discussed that I should look at because we talked about buying out Haruyo stuff. I think Travis did too. So I think you forgot about that one, Mr. <laughs> Listener. Um, anyway, thanks for the cast. Have a good one, Frank. So, yeah. Thanks, Frank. Uh, are there any end of sales left? End of your sales left? SCG until next week. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't done sale there. ABU's sale was actually obscene. Dave and Adams was okay. I wasn't really a big fan of their customer service, but they had cheap boxes. Cool stuff was actually had some good stuff this year. Sixty-eight dollar boxes of conspiracy on cool stuff. Yup. Before the discount kicked in. I've been buying from cool stuff like since before I knew it was a good idea. I should really just get paid in cool stuff credit for writing on Gathering Magic. Like I'm probably gonna do the math, and it's like you would have made three times as much money if you'd have just taken credit. I'm and you could have just. Gonna... You know what? Uh, you know what the next level there is, Jason, with cool stuff. What's that? Uh, they have pens and life pads at every GP, and they don't care how many you take. So no. you can just take their entire stack and then sell them out of your shop. That is not That's... true because now if I walk up and try and get a pad, I'm like, can I get a pad? They're like, you have to buy something, or it's a dollar or two dollars. I'm like, fuck yourself. Oh, I mean, I sell like a couple right, grand. That's number two. Event, no, I didn't so. say. I just sort of take them all. That's why we had Jim on, because I see him all the time. Other Jim. Yeah, I was like, wait a second, what? <laughs> you know, they got they, they got new pens. They're much nicer quality. I know. I will be taking quite a few at Louisville. <laughs> That's the plan. If they don't have the new pens, you make sure you give Ricky a lot of shit. I will. Oh, that one counts. Oh, yeah. That Come wasn't on, fuck. That was shit. 
There, there one, oh, there's three more. <laughs> you ruined it. Well, we can't put this cast on MTG cast. So it's now it's a dark episode. Yep. This is the forgotten episode. Uh, Doug, was there it, like, that... uh, what's that commander podcast that bleeps everything? Oh, Commanderin? Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Doug, was there anything the that you wanted bleeping? to talk about? I don't know. Before your computer melted? Uh, I don't know. I wasn't even prepared to cast, dude. I was just in the middle of pl- like playtesting Pokemon, and then you just... I was in the it. middle of buying bulk rares at 10 cents and uh, free Are you playing money. the card game or just the video game? No, I was on Showdown. No, no. no I don't listen to any of this. No Pokemon. Thank you. Did you catch them all? I wanted to talk yeah, about Pokemon. They're like, wait, you've got right, a girl quick. pregnant. You've seen a vagina. You're not allowed to talk about Pokemon. Wait. I was like, oh, no. That's like not you. fair. <laughs> what do you mean you're not allowed to talk about Pokemon? You're going to have to in like five years. Oh, if there's any of all of them. There's going to be a Digimon resurgence by the time Jason's kid is old enough. Oh, God, my kid's going to be talking about a bunch of Pokemon. I'll be like, there are only 151 Pokemon. I don't recognize what you're saying. She's you more allowed to Pokemon Go. You'll slowly get introduced to all of them by the time they're, they're old enough to care. I, I quit playing Pokemon Go months ago like everybody else did. Yeah, I quit back in like Halloween. We've beat it over the head a million times, but if you find Pokemon bulk at like a yard sale, just buy it. Ogre's oh, paying, yeah. Ogre's yeah. paying $100 per K right now for 30K. So if you like have contacts with him, you should probably sell some his way. Does that like, matter how old the cards are? Nope. Because he stopped by while we were all sorting, and he's like, yo, any Pokemon bulk? I'm like, mine's already going to Tails. He's like, I'm paying 100 per K. And I'm like, uh. Yeah, that's pretty good. Hundred dollars per thousand cards. So yeah, we thought thirty or whatever was good a couple years. So every ago. single Pokemon card is theoretically a bulk rare in Magic. It it actually just is. Yeah, Do and they like have to be in mint condition. Nope. I I saw MP right now for seventy. Jesus. Yeah, they just so really don't care. The 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 real thing here to learn about this is the reason that Pokemon bulk is so expensive is because. Pokemon's a PG game, and Magic is not. And there's just a lot of kids playing it, and they just don't care what cards they have. There's just so many casuals that play Pokemon. That's why all the cards are worth... Like, the bad cards are worth money, and the good cards are not worth that much money. That's why it's so much cheaper to play. And the less good, like, weaker Pokemon can be... uh... Like people have those as their favorites more often too. Like there's there's eight thousand girls out there who just want like Vulpixes, and then they have all their Vulpix plushies, and they want all the Vulpix cards, no matter how bad they are. Pikachu's always sell for a quarter on Bios, like no matter which edition it is, there will always be a vendor willing to pay a quarter on Pikachu's. People are yep. dumb. <laughs> says the per says all of us having spent thousands of dollars on pieces of cardboard. Yep. I mean, we all literally flew to... Okay, like I'll give you the playoff games and Vegas, but we all literally flew halfway across the country to go hang out and sling cardboard. And Jason went a lot of crabs, but other than that... What did I do? What? Did you go to the craps table with Corbin and... Oh, uh, yeah, with uh, yeah. Josh Lee Coyne and Jimmy Wong. Dude, that was yeah. amazing. Yep. Not only did I... He, they just like randomly know all these randomly cool people. They introduced me to... I had fun and I made money playing crabs. I actually took a, the casino's money home with me. That was a good time. Who was that? It was me, you, Corbin, Jimmy, uh, the other one. Jimmy uh, and Josh. Josh. I think Alex Kessler was there that night too. That was after the yeah, Blackhawks won, and I was so salty. And I went to a table with Ruben Bressler, MTG headquarters, and like these other people, and I lost a ton of money. And then Were you Doug was poker? Uh, Blackjack. Oh. Yeah. Don't do it, man. Craps is that's uh, I get it because it's a team game. It's you and your friends versus the casino. That's amazing, and the casino doesn't even seem to care when you win. It's just a great time. But don't bet the. I was talking to uh, Sigmund, and he's like, "Yeah, I bet the don't pass line in craps." I was like, "What? Are you... I don't care if that's better. That's not how you play craps." So you like, yeah, spend... I bet everybody. I bet the casino wins. Like, well, fuck you, dude. What? <laughs> Sig is the, the worst person. I spent, <laughs> I spent a, a, not a lot of time with Sig in Las Vegas, but it was entirely too much time. You know he listens <laughs> to this cast, right? Yeah, I mean, I love him, but I just I, I, there's only so much I could deal you just with love him, from him a in one day. You just no, 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 no. There was just too much of him in one day. Like I, I was. <laughs> 
infuriated by everything that happened. And I just, I couldn't deal with it. Like, I couldn't go home and just enjoy myself. Like, I just kept, it kept going through my mind. How does a person live this way? Oh, Man, you, just, you didn't enjoy it when we were all trying to get together for lunch and Sig was, like, sitting at the table, like, sitting in line to, like, sell. With his spreadsheet, and he was trying to get 10 extra cents on each card in that binder. It has been a year and a half, and it still <laughs> annoys me to think about that. <laughs> no, no, you want, listen, listen, that's only the tip of the iceberg, because there was... There uh, was events later that night that nobody on this cast except for Jason was there for. And I'm pretty sure if I start talking about taxi cabs, Jason will have a flashback. (laughs) 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 Oh, good Lord. Does he actually listen to this? Excellent tacos at that restaurant we went to. Oh, my God. And the beer selection was insane. Where was that? I don't remember the name of it. I wish I could give people the name of it. I don't even know. It was just like this random place that it was like we walked up this road forever and it was like the only restaurant. And it what just. Was it? Sorry, go ahead, go ahead. I wish I could. It was just like a random taco place and they had they had these beers like locked up in this cabinet and they were all fantastic. Yeah, they had was... like a, the best selection I've seen just, Jeremy... just in a random place. Jeremy, uh, oh, tacos and beer. That was the name of it. it was tacos and beer. No, really? Yeah, that's that was the name of the place, Tacos and Beer. Because I remember seeing the name. I was like, Tacos and Beer, this place is going to be real good. And then we walked in, and I saw that case. I was like, holy shit, are you kidding me? Like, I've like been looking for these beers, and I can't find them. Yeah, because it was right up the street from the, um, the convention center. The so convention if you're in center, Vegas, yeah. the place Tacos and Beer was fantastic. Jason, remember the cab ride after Fogo de Chao with Corbin? I I, I do. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't awesome. want to name names. Yeah, we can't that. talk about that here. But <laughs> Corbin is such a good guy because he gives you all these cards for free. Like I got a blue red Splinter Twin deck from him for free at the compound, and then I ended up getting a uh, Canadian Highlander deck from him at uh, what was that Providence. He he just gives me all these cards for free, man. It's great. I, don't I like know. when people from Corbin. Because <laughs> he doesn't deserve it, <laughs> that makes everybody funny to me. He's lost what, like four different decks now in four different events. Like just there like, was like a sealed pool at GP Vegas that he le- like left at the house and like yeah, I got went... his Kiki Jiki, his Cryptic Command. It was yep. all free. I stopped by to draft Innistrad with you guys and walked out with a bunch of free cards. Yeah, <laughs> and Marcel's cooking. Good times. And then fun. you went to to East Lansing and stole all Ryan's stuff too. <laughs> what did he no, get dude. stolen? Wait, Ryan shit got stolen? That sucks. Oh, no, people don't know about that? No, we don't need to talk about it if it's not public. I did not know about this. Okay. Yeah. Definitely air everyone's extremely dirty laundry here. <laughs> nothing I mean, happened, to, nothing happened to Bouchard. It's fine. Don't worry about it. I mean, back to talking about Sig because everyone loves a good Sig story. Wait, so wait, does Sig actually watch this? Yeah, yeah, he does. Like every week? Yeah, and we don't edit this cast either. So is he, why isn't he better at finance? If he, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. God. Is he? I was like, only, I haven't said anything really mean. I might as well. Is he the only? <laughs> he must be like the only content creator from like this chain of podcasts that actually ever watches the things that he. I'm gonna in quotes here is part of. I mean, I, I feel watch. bad because Reddit's gonna bash us for bashing Sig because they like him so much. I don't care. So which subreddit? Uh, finance. We post every episode there. We is a strong word. I post every episode there, and then I screenshot the feedback and send it to these guys. <laughs> Under ridiculous Reddit pseudo names that you keep making, like throwaway accounts. Yep. Well, because no, it's the like, one for a while. Yeah. Yep. And All like right, you, nobody you else is supposed to know it's you. Week? You guys ready to move into pick of the week? Uh, can mind me animation module. We do that here. I gotta have two picks of the week. I always no, you can use the same bulk. one. Use the same one. The audience doesn't cross over much. Yeah. We get all the wannabe financiers who are like trying to break out and brainstorm breweries for people that want to listen to an hour of banter and ten minutes of finance. <laughs> That's true. It is a better podcast. I agree. But they, they complain about the ten minutes though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, oh, the Breaking Bulk song was too too long this week. This is bullshit. No, I know. Why Once we stopped recording? catering to finance people, we started enjoying recording our podcast a lot more. The finance people are just the worst. Because yeah. they, they think they know everything, and then they just don't care about you at all. They're just like, just give me a list of cards to buy, monkey. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. All right. So, Jason, give me That's a list of cards to buy. Right? 
that's we're, that's we're who your listeners are. So. Give me give me a give me a pick. I need a host of cards to buy right now. I still like Curtain's Call. Actually, I think it might be. Oh, you We are what? way over at this point, you guys. What doesn't matter at this point? Was that gonna be your pick? Yeah, it was. I just bought out cool stuff. No, he's just really angry that you like that card. <laughs> I mean, I yeah, they're actually, stupid. They're actually cheaper than TCG Player by a dollar, so I bought them all. Shout out to cool stuff, you guys. Rock. Are you getting paid in credit on cool stuff? Uh huh. Nice, Doug. You got a pick? Uh, no. Okay, natural. I mean, order does, the an- is... does the animation module count? Because that's my pick. Okay. Why? Because they just spoiled the new card mimic. No, it's not a mimic thing. It's uh. No, it is a mimic thing. Is it okay? The mimic what? mimic module or metallic mimic or something like that. Uh, it's a two mana two Why one artifact. Why can't I find it? I'm looking at the the. It was just right spoiled now. today, like a few hours ago. I, oh, oh, there it is. Metallic you can... mimic. Yeah, yeah. When enters the battlefield, you choose a creature type. It's the chosen type, and then each creature you control the chosen type enters with an additional plus one plus one counter. Yeah. So you is hit there... servo, and then you you go animation turn one, that thing turn two, and then any time you poop out a servo or put a counter on something, you get to pay one colorless mana and then make like an, a two two. Like so did uh, like Topner Foundry style. Is there a way to share images, like in the cast? Probably. Yes, there is actually. Probably. What you're gonna want to do is you're going to uh, see that screen share button right next to chat. Yeah, I know way better than that. That's how you do it. Wait, can I do? You literally share your screen. Yeah, that is absolutely not happening. <laughs> so much porn, Travis. Obviously, come on now. Okay, but like my point Travis is that strikes me as the kind of guy that doesn't even like porn. Like he can only get off the videos of poor people dying or something like that. <laughs> well, we're definitely not on MTG Cast now. <laughs> All right, so Zach Stella, for those of you that don't know, hates scale birds, and he did Metallic Mimic. So I tweeted him and asked him to add a scale bird to Metallic Mimic, and this is the image I got in return. Oh wait, with the the big bird? <laughs> yeah, oh, big bird, and he pulled the face out on the guy. <laughs> <laughs> Thought that was really good. Oh man, I'm gonna have to retweet that. This is a great picture. Travis, you got a pick? Uh yeah, I have an anti pick. Do not buy any cards Fair this year just for Frontier. For Frontier. For Frontier. <laughs> just don't do it. I know that we're all gonna be tempted, but don't do it. It is not a good idea. There will be cards that rise in price, like Jace did, probably not as strong. Uh, but until Wizard says this is officially a format, stay away you're just going to get burned and this is going to come you know what will happen is exactly what happened to the that i talked about earlier which is you're going to look great on paper but you're never actually going to be able to make any money on it can uh, we not release this cast until all my dig through time sell on tcg player that'd be great <laughs> don't you have them at 425 still i think they're 420 or i think they're 499 or 425 one of those two i mean the price yeah. has already moved on that so like you're fine it's just you, you're, yeah, gonna you're get... telling people not to buy my copies <laughs> <laughs> but but you're the people you want to sell those to are the ones who want to play the format. Right, well, actually, no, it's a speculator, so there's the only ones dumb enough to buy them. Don't buy Frontier cards. Until Wizards announces the format, stay away. It is a trap, and it is literally tiny leaders again. If you're a customer at one of my places that I cater to, you should buy Frontier cards. <laughs> yeah, you should buy my front buy from Card Guard on a TCG player. Everyone else's Frontier cards are trash. You need to help Doug's 99.7% feedback because he's not at 100. Ooh. Also, also you should not buy Frontier cards that are also good in other formats because that doesn't, doesn't save them. Well, I mean, yeah. a card I mean, is good in Modern that also might be good in Frontier. Like The Frontier demand doesn't make it worse, but it's absolutely not enough to sustain it. It's, it's not worth buying if you want it to go up, is what I'm saying. Can I, uh, can I make a pick? Are we just going to argue over Frontier cards? We should argue over Frontier cards because okay. I don't think people got the message yet. Do you guys know what a Tarkus <laughs> command's at? Three? Uh, three. Six. Six bucks. Really? What? Med. A Tarka. Uh, I guess, yeah. That's uh, Modern Burn decks were playing it for a while. Uh, because of Frontier. Do you guys know what Coal Guns command's at now? Six. Ish. Give or take. Well, Coal Guns command used to be 18, so that hardly seems like a win. Yeah, no, Atarkus Command went up because of Frontier. Uh, this is just from like people coming in and saying, I want to build Frontier decks. I sort of memorize these. Um, 
what am I? What is? What's a good pick for this week? Listen, you charging people three times what the card CCG mid card prices doesn't mean that that's how much it costs. Oh, I'm sorry that I didn't update my prices and all of my Ristic studies or whatever that. Yeah, is that the three mana one where like they have to pay one? Yeah. yeah. All my all my Ristic studies sold for three dollars while I was in Mexico. My bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I definitely took an L there, Travis. When did you price it at three? When's it been three in the last decade? Like six months ago, something like that. Oh, so Haruyuya had them at 150 yen. So Damn. I bought Haruyuya out, and then Travis bought Haruyuya out of uh, Chromatic Lantern Japanese editions for 100 ish yen. And yeah, then I bought all their English ones at 300 yen. That's been great, by so the way. Like, yeah, like it's just been free money. That's why people listen, is because like we just talk about every week what we buy out on Haruya for free money. Yeah, Travis, I bought a chromatic lantern from you on TCG Player, and you sent me this weird message about not giving me tracking. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think my pick of the week is going to be any of the dragon lords that haven't gone up yet. Like Ojutai started going back up. The other ones are still pretty cheap. Uh, I really like Solomgar. He so Travis's stuff. pick of the week is not frontier cards, and Jeremy's is any frontier <laughs> card. <laughs> I like the synergy. It's combo. No, One of you is bound to be right, and then the whole podcast will get credit. We'll, yeah. just, we'll just not talk about whoever was wrong, which means that Jeremy will have to be off the cast for a my, while. Uh, my actual pick is a bulker at 10. No. Um, I really have been selling a lot of a certain card lately. And what this card does, it's a legendary, legendary. oh my god, that's a horrible pronunciation. What am I, Seth? Uh, it's a legendary equipment. And it's white. And it's oh, worth it's more than... Yeah. yeah, that card keeps going up, and like the casuals read it on the shelf, and they're like, it does what? And then they're just like, I'll take this for my tribal cat deck, or whatever. It's not Isaac? even EDH. No, yeah, it's, well, it's 100% we, like cash cards buying that card. Yeah, and because we catered it, we have like a 60 card casual night as well as EDH. Like, you can see these people play these decks in action away from their kitchen table because our the shop that they play at, not the other one, is like actually clean. And so, like, they'll come in. Like, I sold a set of Glimpse the Unthinkables the other day to someone who was playing a fog deck, and he's like, I need a win condition with my 0 2 blue, fo- blue wall fog thing. Fog bank, I think fog it's bank. called. Fog bank. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, I need a win condition. I'm gonna. And he spent like a hundred dollars on a win condition for that deck. It was 120 bucks because I was charging him TCG mid. But yeah, yeah, TCG mid of 45 dollars for Glimpse Unthinkable, right? Oh well, then I charge him 30. There you go, Travis. There you go. I'm not saying they're 45. I'm saying that you don't know what TCG mid is on. <laughs> I charge him 30, so I hope you I'm should right. just call it Zemit mid. Just say fuck it. All right. Uh, where can people find you guys since we've been going on for about an hour? Well, do I not get a pick of the week now? Because I complained no, that Jason declined? Yeah, basically, we just we co-picked. Tell your co-worker that your pick is Jace uh, Vern's Prodigy. No, he's yeah. already mad at me. I had, to, I had to talk him out of bu- drunkenly buying really? a lot of Fetchlands. No, that's Wait. fine. Doug's been selling a ton on TCG lately. I sold all of my Fetchlands on TCG Player, and then I cracked that cube, listed on TCG Player, and sold all of the fetches from that cube. Even yeah, Corbin I messaged mean, me trying to buy all my fetches that I like posted on Twitter. So I don't know. There's demand know. for fetches. They might go over ten dollars eventually. I don't want Corbin's advice on what to do with fetch lands. <laughs> what you don't want a refrigerator? Get He's trying to make <laughs> a refrigerator. I not. Yeah, this there. is a story from like four years ago. Yeah, he bought a refrigerator. With, with uh, Fetchlands? Fetchlands. Oh, it was like a, it was a he sold all the uh, he sold Misty Rainforest and Scalding Tarns for like twelve. Uh, He's uh, like, I got yeah. these for six. It's time to double up and get a fridge. <laughs> <laughs> and this is a guy who goes through two or three fridges a year, so you gotta imagine. <laughs> he had a nice fridge when I went over there. He's got a pretty good place for Matt. For why would you go to Oklahoma? It lights Oklahoma. up when I open it. <laughs> <laughs> Is that your Corbin? <laughs> <laughs> I'm <Wow>. Corbin! Yeah! <laughs> All right, this cast is getting away from us. All right, pick of the week is Aetherworks Marvel. The card's going to be stupid good, and the green-black deck is going to play it, and it's going to be like probably 10 or $15. This is the only thing you can do. So buy them again, because I think they're like 5 or 6 and they'll probably double up in three weeks, four weeks. Maybe buy the Pro Tour. All right. 
So where can people find y'all? Because we got to go and uh, do stuff. Uh, my name is Douglas Johnson. Uh, I came on this cast late, but you can find me on Twitter at Rose of Thorns. Uh, you can find me on Quiet Speculation. My articles come out every Thursday behind the Insider Paywall. Uh, Facebook, Douglas Johnson. I don't know. That's basically it. Rose of Thorns on... Yeah. Or Zed was banned? Whatever. Lux was banned now. Oh, God. They keep changing. I changed my name once in the past three years in League. That's one too many times. And that's because they nerfed the shit out of Zed and, like, he's unplayable now, so I just switched to my backup. Just play you Ryan's a shamble shark, I think. He's shamble. Sh- no, Jason's shamble I'm shark. I'm shamble shark. I couldn't get shamble shark. <laughs> oh yeah, that's you. Shambling oh, shark. <laughs> Just play Overwatch instead. It's a better game. I'm so bad right, at first-person shooters. It's Travis. You know, where can people it. find it's you? Fine. It's great. Okay, I'll try uh, it out. I'm on Twitter at Wizard Bumpin B U M P I N. I write every Monday over at MTG Price. And if you are looking for competitive Magic events in your area, check out Scry.land. It's a pretty sweet website, I'm not going to lie. It was useful. Uh, what, how much are they paying you? Uh, I own it. Yeah, so how much are you paying yourself for that plug? <laughs> you keep uh, your personal money separate from your business money, correct? So you got to... No, that's fine. No, that's not how that works. Where are we, I, mean, I don't know where you're going with that. I don't, I don't know. I'm about to plug EDH Rex, so I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that I was supposed to go before Travis, but I'm going to go now. My name is Jim Masai. You can find me on Twitter at PHROST underscore. You can find my articles on Modern Nexus and Gathering Magic. And you cannot add me on Facebook because if I don't know you, I won't accept the invite. It's random people who keep adding me on Facebook. I'm like, I don't know who you are. I've never met you in person, so I'm not going to say yes. I've gotten a non-zero number of collections from podcast listeners who have added me on Facebook. It's pretty weird. They want to know where you live. Yeah, I don't. I don't want them to see the pictures that my girlfriend posts of me. Yeah, I don't want some fucking magic nerd looking at pictures of my daughter. <laughs> so, what's your strategy then? <laughs> Just post, uh, post lots of pictures of given, her online. Given that you're a magic nerd, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a magic. I don't play magic. What? He wears a blindfold every time he sees her. <laughs> I don't look at pictures of her. If he has any sense, shred of humanity, he'd put a blindfold around her when he goes into the room. I'm not sure how to take that coming from a poor man's BJ Novak. Oh my god! (laughs) (laughs) Heard that before. I've heard that before. Well, not the poor man's part, just the (laughs) (laughs) BJ Novak part. (laughs) I'm Jason Alt. You can find me in the club, bottle full of bub. Mommy, I got the X if you're into taking drugs. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Jason E. Alt. I'm on Reddit at Jason E. Alt MTG. Right for Gathering Magic, MTG Price, EDH Rec, MTG Headquarters. Wait, uh, wait, wait, what? Quiet Speculation. You stopped writing for Jeremy a while ago. Everybody stopped writing for Jeremy a while ago. Yeah, Which one's that? MTG Headquarters. Oh, God. Isn't that... Well, never mind. Yeah, let's not talk yeah, about that. We're not friends anymore. Like, for the people that subscribe to me on this YouTube channel, we got like 500 subscriptions off of him plugging me. Like, yeah, we don't talk anymore. So go away. It's probably a good yep. idea. Yeah. Uh, I'm Zemet. You can find me in the great state of Missouri. You can find me at GP Louisville this weekend. I will have a fuck ton of ogre. Oh, God, we're over our account again. I'll have a bunch of ogre boxes. And don't rob me. Um, you can find me at a bunch of game shops in the area and you can find me at the winter classic where the blues beat the Blackhawks. Thanks for watching cartel. The last time this year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for watching cartel aristocrats cast number 36. Jason, it was a pleasure having you on, had a couple giggles and Doug missed half the cast as usual. So you guys That's can good. catch I us hope next he week. Misses all of Brainstorm Brewery tonight. <laughs> you guys can catch us next week. If you're watching this live, we thank you for tuning in and interacting with the chat. And you can follow us on Twitter at cartel underscore finance. That's all for this week, and we will see you guys next week. Bye.